You're listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to Heart Matters, where leading cardiology experts explore the latest trends, technologies, and clinical developments in cardiology practice. Heart Matters is produced in cooperation with the American College of Cardiology. Your host is Dr. Janet Wright, Senior Vice President for Science and Quality for the American College of Cardiology. We know that genes play a role in cardiovascular health and in disease, but new research has identified specific DNA regions that are associated with risk factors for coronary heart disease. How might these gene variants lead to new treatment options? Our guest today is Dr. Christopher O'Donnell, Associate Clinical Professor of the SHARE Project of the Framingham Heart Study at the National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute. He's also Assistant Professor of Medicine at Harvard Medical School in Massachusetts. Welcome, Dr. O'Donnell. Thank you. Oh, we're glad to have you today. Let's start with some pretty basic background on genes and the heart. What can you tell our listeners about the relationship between the two? Well, we are learning more and more each day about the relationship of genes to heart disease. We know from prior research, including studies at the Framingham Heart Study, that family history is an important risk factor for heart disease. And in fact, when one calculates the heritability or the degree of a variation in risk factors that is explained by family history or genetics, one can estimate that about 30 to 50 percent is explained by genetics. The rest is explained by the environment, particularly diet, exercise, and other environmental factors. So genes are definitely an important part of the background for heart disease. Well, and the Framingham Heart Study has helped for decades uh, help provide some insights into why heart disease develops, uh, who is at risk. Really, that study helped define the concept of risk factors. That is correct. And in fact, in addition to uh, many other studies that were performed at the same time and thereafter, we've defined the major heart disease risk factors that include altered levels of cholesterol, high blood pressure, cigarette smoking, and diabetes. Now we're beginning to understand the role of a family history and of genetics in addition to those major risk factors, and certainly family history is an important independent risk factor. And with the new understanding of the human genome, we're able to uh, take specific information about the genome and integrate that into the prior studies on these major risk factors. This is extraordinarily exciting work and, I think, rewarding area of research. Your work, in fact, is taking Framingham Heart, I think, to a whole new level. Can you tell our listeners about the SHARE project? Yes, I'd be happy to do so. The SHARE project is a project that is taking new genome information and integrating it into large population studies, including the Framingham Heart Study. SHARE stands for SNP Health Association Resource, and SNPs are single nucleotide polymorphisms that are the genetic tests that are conducted in all of the research participants in the SHARE project. Now, the Framingham Heart Study is the first project to be included in the SHARE program, And uh, we have completed genotyping of over 550,000 SNPs, or single nucleotide polymorphisms, in up to 10,000 Framingham participants. After the SHARE project in Framingham was completed, we 
extended the project to several other large cohort studies funded by the National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute, including the multi-ethnic study of atherosclerosis and the Women's Health Initiative study. What's really attractive about those additional studies is that they focus on an increased uh, number of women in these projects and also subjects from different ethnic groups in addition to whites. So in totality, we have up to 40,000 research participants who have been involved in these SHARE programs and uh, really adding a huge amount of new information to what has already been discovered. A huge and diverse pool of information, huh? Absolutely. So what we're able to do is to utilize these single nucleotide polymorphisms in genome-wide association studies or a term that's often used to refer to these studies as GWAS, G-W-A-S. And these genome-wide association studies are becoming very common, and in the last three years, discovering literally hundreds and thousands of new genes that were not previously known to be implicated in diseases, but are now clearly and strongly associated with various diseases, including cardiovascular diseases. Having that large pool of data, what is the first level of research to be done? What are the areas that are at the top of the priority tree? Well, what we have focused on in the cardiovascular space has been the major risk factors and the major cardiovascular diseases. So there have been genome-wide association studies for blood pressure levels, for altered lipid levels, for cigarette smoking, for body mass index and obesity, and then also for the actual diseases, myocardial infarction, stroke, heart failure, and atrial fibrillation. What we have had to do in order to make discoveries is pool data from multiple studies in the United States, Europe, and across the world. And so we're seeing a remarkable set of transformations in the research process that is leveraging the uh, complete human genome information that we've had now for about a decade to forge collaborations from multiple research studies and then to make these discoveries of genes that are associated with lipids and heart disease. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Heart Matters on ReachMD. It's the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Janet Wright, and our guest today is Dr. Christopher O'Donnell. He's Associate Clinical Professor of the SHARE Project of the Framingham Heart Study at the National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute and Assistant Professor at Harvard Medical School in Boston. We're discussing some genetic clues and areas of research in cardiovascular disease. So, Chris, we've got this wonderful pool of data. You've described merging that or integrating that into population studies and using data from many countries in the world as the foundation, studying the major cardiovascular diseases. Do you imagine that this is going to help you not only eventually reach treatments of disease, but also move into the prevention realm? I believe that these findings will move us into a new era of what we might call genomic medicine where our day-to-day clinical practice is informed by information from the genome. I think that this is going to be a staged process and, you know, we already know that it takes traditionally several decades to translate new research findings 
into diagnostic tests and drugs that can be used for treatment and prevention. And indeed, we had to wait until really just the past two or three years to identify even one gene that was strongly and independently and clearly related to heart attack risk. Previously, we knew about rare Mendelian factors for heart attack risk, but not for common gene variants. So it's been only the last two or three years, and we anticipate that the time for moving these discoveries into drugs and preventive practices will hopefully be far shorter than in the past, but still measured on the scale of decades. You mentioned uh, earlier to me a paper published recently in Nature. Talk to us about the construct of that study and the findings. This paper was a very comprehensive study of the genome-wide association for altered cholesterol levels, triglycerides, and both HDL and LDL cholesterol levels. This study included over 100,000 research participants and discovered nearly 100 new SNPs associated with cholesterol and triglyceride levels. And of course, our listeners know that these levels of cholesterol and triglycerides are very commonly measured in nearly every primary care office, so that was one of the strong rationales for focusing on this particular risk factor. In the research study, we discovered that the 95 SNPs that are related to these altered levels of cholesterol and triglycerides account for nearly one-quarter to one-third of the variation of these risk factors for heart disease. And of the SNPs that were discovered, 59 of them were brand new and had not been previously reported. So clearly one of the largest and most comprehensive studies of lipid genetics to date. Additional information that came out of this study that may interest our listeners is that these genetic risk factors seem to be consistent in many different ethnic backgrounds in the populations we studied. And multiple of these SNPs were associated not only with altered lipid levels, but also with risk for heart disease. And the implication of that finding, Chris, for our listeners? Well, firstly, we now have an entire catalog of new genetic signposts that can be much more closely examined for understanding the biology of altered lipid levels. And, of course, once that kind of research is underway, we hope this will point to new directions for treatments and preventions for altered lipid levels and ultimately to prevent heart disease risk. Very powerful information and hopefully information that can get translated. That's actually where I'd like to move now is you've had an explosion of knowledge in your field and we all hope that that continues to accelerate. But part of that explosion is trying to figure out how to get the information in the hands of people who are delivering care and how to help them modify their practice on a daily basis armed with this new information. What suggestions do you have? Well, at present, we need to still consider these discoveries as research findings. Because we are able to reliably measure levels of cholesterol and triglycerides in the physician's office, we're not pressed at present to need to use genes to tell us whether someone has a high cholesterol or a low HDL. By the same token, the biological findings that emerge from these new discoveries 
will inevitably lead to new treatment approaches or at least new um, hypotheses about treatments that may make their way into practice and testing. And an additional area that is of a great interest is the use of these genetic variants for risk prediction. Again, I would want to state that there is not a good justification at present, particularly for the genetics of lipids, to be using SNPs to predict risk because we can measure the lipid levels in the office. But there is a very active body of research underway now to uh, try to understand the use of these genetic tests in totality, so aggregated into hundreds and thousands of tests all in one test for prediction and prevention. At present, there is insufficient data on the utility risks and benefits of such testing to recommend that it could be used in practice. You are dabbling in what will probably be a future utility in an office. I mean, that's the direction we're going, is be able to identify people at risk earlier, and then hopefully by that time we'll have better techniques to help people change their behaviors as well. I would say that, yes, that is definitely the direction in which we are moving. You know, the guidelines for high cholesterol, the guidelines for high blood pressure have moved with every revision of the guideline towards earlier and earlier testing. The goal is to uh, test as early as possible to identify risk and then to prevent the progression of, let's say, high cholesterol or high blood pressure, and then its conversion into an actual cardiovascular disease event. Our genetics is an exposure we have for a lifetime And what we need to do is to understand the timing of when such a genetic test might be most maximally useful, possibly even as early as childhood, to uh, be able to identify and begin to make recommendations that would prevent disease in the future and lead to healthier lives for our men and women and, and children in the United States and across the world. We've been talking with Dr. Christopher O'Donnell about genetic clues to heart health and cardiovascular disease. Dr. O'Donnell, thank you so much for being our guest today. It's been my pleasure. You've been listening to Heart Matters on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Heart Matters is produced in cooperation with the American College of Cardiology. For more information on this week's show or to download a podcast of this segment, please visit us at ReachMD.com. Thank you for listening.